Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you for joining us on the journey. Well, this is the first Friday in November, and in just four days, we have an election coming up. Uh, some are saying it's the most important midterm election in this generation. Uh, a lot of hype are going into this about what this is about. So we thought we'd spend two or three Fridays with you and talk to you about uh, election time and some things that we're going to be talking about in regards to this as we look at it through the eyes of Jesus and the importance of where a disciple is with the government and such things. And we know after Tuesday, by Tuesday night, there's going to be some people who are really, really happy and there's going to be some people who are really, really sad. And what is more important than who wins and who loses is what it does to us. And this is even bigger than the subject of politics. It gets into sports. There are some times when uh, your favorite team doesn't make it, and it's like the world is over, and people are just crushed. They cannot believe that their team got beat. And so what we want to look at is we kind of – go back and forth and talk about this today, is we want to talk about really the subject of being driven by our emotions. Uh, this is where our culture is today. Emotion comes before thought. Emotion comes before really what they uh, consider they say. They just say anything. They put anything on Facebook. And after this coming Tuesday, you're going to find a lot of this. You'll go into the workplace, and it's going to be gloom and doom for some people. Other people are going to be dancing on the clouds. And when those two emotions connect and meet each other, it could be some hostile, mean things that are said to each other. And, again, the disciple of Jesus must keep the big picture and rise above these things. And so we hope that you will enjoy these next few Fridays as we talk about it's election time. Yeah, and uh, most of all that it will make uh, all of us to to seriously think. We heard uh, just this past Wednesday as we were revisiting Sunday morning's sermon, the call in First Peter 1, to be sober-minded. And I appreciated, Roger, how you reminded us that there are some things that we just need to be really serious about. And that's not to say that we can't enjoy them, have a good time, and uh, uh, be full of excitement or, or even disappointment at times. But there there's a great greater reality that needs to dictate who we are and how we act. And so, Lord willing, next Friday, we'll talk a little bit about what God tells us in his word about the role of government. And in a couple of Fridays, we'll talk about as disciples of Jesus, what's our role, whatever system of government we're living under. But it sure does seem like here on nearly the eve of another significant election that we talk a little bit about our our emotions and making sure that we keep those emotions in check. And so, Roger, maybe the, the first question is, why, why do I even need to be concerned about the high highs and the low lows of my emotions? Well, because you see those high highs get us to the wrong place. Those low lows take us to the wrong place. Uh, it is very easy when, when the motion is sitting behind the steering wheel for us to say things or do things that's just not proper. 
And sometimes arrogance comes out. Sometimes boastful talking comes out. Sometimes we say things to other people that's just not appropriate. We're not even going down the road of, of uh, improper words, but just just making somebody be belittled and bitterness and anger and, and all those those words. You know, when we go to the book of Galatians in chapter 5, Apostle had, Paul has a whole series of sins. He calls the works of the flesh. Many of them are attitudes. Many of them are reflected about how we treat other people. And they come out first and foremost when we're upset or when we're dancing on the clouds. We think everything is going great in our life. And it's those times when we may forget about the other person and we may forget about the golden rule and we start saying things that really shouldn't be said. Now, when we put this in our, in our package of it's election time, we need to remember that in the first century world, those folks did not have the honor that we have, and that's having a vote. Uh, it is a privilege to vote. And whether you like a candidate, you don't like a candidate, you don't think anyone's worthy to vote, vote for, that's your personal decision. But it is an honor to live in a country where we have the freedom, where we have a voice. The people in the first century world, they didn't. They got Caesar after Caesar, and several of those Caesars assassinated each other. They killed each other. They were mean. And the Christians had to live under that system, realizing that they didn't have any choice in these things. We do. What a blessing that is. And we need to thank God for that, right? We need to realize that we live in an extraordinarily free time in the history of the world and that there has been a great deal that has gone on in history to even give us that opportunity to vote, right? But you kicked us off, and I think rightly so, kind of preparing us that, okay, in just a a couple of days, about half of the country is going to be really, really, really happy, and the other half of the country is going to be really, really, really distraught, maybe really, really angry. And so what if on Tuesday, or if you we borrow from your sports analogy, what if tomorrow my college football team lays an egg and just gets steamrolled? And I I have all of this frustration or even anger in my heart. Where would God and his word have me begin? Absolutely. And because anger is going to get you in trouble. You know, Paul would tell the Ephesians as they talk about anger, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. And and our anger is, is a as a handwritten note we send to the devil that come on in because I'm upset. And because I'm upset, I'm likely to say something I shouldn't say. I'm likely to do something I shouldn't do. And, and you know, I've, I've seen after uh, games where I've attended, people walk out and they just throw things at people and they get mad and they're saying things they shouldn't say. And, and on the other time, I, I see people who are just so happy because their team wins that they mock the other team and they kind of make fun of them. Neither example neither parallel is right neither extreme is right and so as disciples we need to remind ourselves first of all where we need to be and then secondly how we can navigate around the world around us when there may be all kinds of toxic emotions people all upset one way or the other and here i am 
And how do I deal with those kind of things? There was a prophet of God that needed to be reminded about the place of his anger, right? Absolutely. We think about Jonah. When we when we think about Jonah, we put him in that big old fish bellies, uh, in the belly of that fish, and we think that's a story. But after he was spit out and he went to Nineveh, as God told him to, then chapter 4 begins. And Jonah chapter 4, it says, It greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said uh, while I was still in my own country? In other words, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you were going to forgive Nineveh. I knew he was going to give Nineveh a second chance. It turned out exactly like I said. Now he's mad. Now he's angry. And in verse 4, the Lord asked the prophet, Do you have a good reason to be angry? And that's a question we got to ask ourselves. What a powerful question. Absolutely. So my team got beat. All right. It's a game. It is a game. Yeah, I wanted my team to go on. Uh, I want my team to be in the World Series. I want my team to be in the Super Bowl. I wanted them to go to the national championship game. But it's not going to happen because they got beat. They lost a key game. Okay, and I can just sulk about that and be upset about that for months and months and months. I can be like a sour pickle around my family. And everywhere I go, I just have a bad, bad mood. But it's a game. The perspective is what we got to keep before us. There was one time, Roger, several years ago, I was in the foyer of a church building as a deacon was checking people in. And uh, men who were going to lead an assembly of worship, and there was a a brother in Christ who was scheduled to lead us in our observance of the Lord's Supper. And I was there as he told this deacon, I have been upset since my team lost yesterday, and I'm just not in the frame of mind to do that. You're going to need somebody else. And... <laughs> to to think about okay we are about to observe the memorial of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and celebrate his resurrection from the dead and you're going to bow out of the privilege of leading your brothers and sisters before the throne of God because you're struggling to get over a a, a football game yesterday. That That's where, okay, we need to start talking about perspective and priorities. Yeah, and, you know, another word that's more common than perspective is seeing the big picture. Yeah. We've got to keep seeing the big picture. And, you know, election will happen, and there'll be some people that get voted in. There's some people that will lose the election. But you know what? It's just an election. So I'm going to off the cuff ask you a question, Jason. Uh, you may have to do a little digging to think this out. <laughs> okay. But who was the president when you were born? All right. So Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States, I believe, when I was born. Okay. And we're really going to go back now. Now, <laughs> it wasn't Lincoln for me. Okay. It wasn't Lincoln. But it was Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. okay. He was the president when I was born, way back then. Now, how many presidents has there been since Eisenhower, since Carter? You know, during those times, that's the most important thing. But time passes. Yes. And we move on. And just from the Carter days to forward, we've had good times economically. We've had some hard times economically. There's been wars. There's been conflicts. There's been hurricanes. There's been fires. There have been disasters. There's been murders. There's been mass shootings. On and on and on we go. But you know what? Life keeps moving on. Mm -hmm. 
and we we get in that moment, and we sometimes think that moment is it, but it is just that, just a moment. We must keep the big picture, that perspective before us. Well, and I mean, if you want to get really sober-minded real quick, I, I appreciate you thinking about those those presidents, and I did Google while you were talking. I was right. Jimmy Carter was president when I was born. You think of, okay, how many presidents, how many midterm elections, how many times have we been told this is the most important election uh, ever, and, and we're living in it right now? Do you want to get really sober-minded real quick? How many people have been ushered into eternity since Jimmy Carter was president? Or whomever, you, uh, whatever president, all the way back to Lincoln, to Washington, whoever you want to talk about. That, I think, is the power of God's question to Jonah. Listen, I sent you on a message to your civil rivals, right? I mean, the reason that Jonah is upset is because he doesn't like what Nineveh represents and and the threat that Nineveh very well may be to his own and his people's uh, mode of life. But what God is calling him to do is tell these people to repent, right? And Jonah is so upset at the fact that they turn, they don't get the punishment he thinks they deserve. That's what makes God's question so powerful. Do you do well to be angry? And I I appreciate you bringing up the uh, works of the flesh there in Galatians chapter 5. Right after he talks about those works of the flesh, he, of course, talks to us about the fruit of the Spirit. He describes it in Galatians 5.22 as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no Law. There are, I, I, I feel sadly very confident in predicting, there are a number of disciples of Jesus that we will see on social media, that we will talk to in person, who will not be bearing the fruit of the Spirit next Tuesday or next Wednesday, regardless of who wins on, on both sides of the equation. And at least from my perspective, that's the value of talking about this ahead of time, that our fruit, we are anchored to a greater reality than, okay, who's going to be sitting in the halls of Congress uh, come a couple of weeks from now? Who's going to be the next one sitting in the Oval Office? It's not that we're unconcerned about these things, but it is whatever is going on around us in, in these cultural winds that are blowing We are to be people of love, joy, peace, so on and so forth. But we live in a time where it is so easy to be the exact opposite of that, irritable and have our moods just shifting all over the place and and being driven by feelings. That is not the will of our Lord for his disciples. And I think when when one uh, gets a good taste of history, uh, that helps them with that perspective. 
Uh, I know you've been overseas. I've been overseas. You know, here in America, something we talk about in the 1800s, that's old. But you go overseas, and that's like last week in the newspaper for them. They, you know, I have literally sat in buildings before that were built in around 400. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about very, very old. I've been in areas where they, they talk about some archaeological digs that took back, took place. Uh, the events took place in the B.C. time period. And so, so, you know, you look at that perspective. You look at how much time has passed and all the people that came and gone. And, and even looking at our Bibles, all those names, all those people coming around, all those years shuffling here and there, but God remains. And that's a perspective we have to keep as we think about that. The big picture is my walk with God. Am I going to let a ball game? Am I going to let an event? Am I going to let an election mess up my spirit and my soul simply because I didn't get what I wanted or things didn't turn out the way I wish they would? And that's that's something we have to keep before us. Yeah. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we've recently been looking in Daniel for signs that that connect to Jesus, connections to Jesus from various Old Testament prophets. And Daniel is one of those books that shows us, I mean, <laughs> the incredible Babylonian empire. I mean, uh, really the, the, the source of some of the ancient wonders of the world. But from where we sit today, I mean, that that is the stuff of shifting sands, right? I mean, that was like a sandcastle <laughs> as far as God was concerned in the grand scheme of things. And then the Assyrians and then the Grecians and then the Romans that provide so much of the context of the New Testament and on and on and on we go. We need to be reminded here and there. And even election time is a good time to be reminded. Okay, We need to be thankful for the freedoms we have. We need to exercise those freedoms in a wise way. We'll we'll hear even this Sunday morning or Sunday evening, Lord willing, in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's let's not use our freedom as a cover-up for evil, right? Let's let's be thankful for what we have and exercise those freedoms, but realize, okay, God is. (laughs) And the souls of people are going to spend eternity somewhere. One day, the greatest empires in history are going to be nothing more than a, a footnote. And so let's make sure that we don't conduct ourselves in any way that's going to get in the way of the gospel. So one of the things practically that, that I think will help us as we think about this coming Tuesday and a few days after that is you do not have to attend every argument that's going to take place. Amen. There's going to be people who say the election was stolen. There's going to be people on the other side who say that their candidate or the other candidate cheated. And back and forth, the arrows will go, and they will fire missiles at each other, and and a lot of mean things will be said about all those things. And as as a disciple of Jesus, don't engage in those things. That's that there there are going to be things that happen that we do not know. There are things that's going to be going on that's beyond our control. And the first and foremost is I've got to let my light shine. Even when I'm disappointed, even when I'm glorying because things are happy, my light needs to shine in such a way that people will see Jesus. And because of me, 
they will honor God and they will not be stumbling because of my attitude, my words, or my actions. And those are some things that, again, we must keep before us as we think about being around others. Now, not everyone's going to be where they should be, and not everyone's going to have the right spirit that they should be. And, you know, it'd be wonderful if everybody you know, had a civil election, everything's great, but that doesn't happen in our times. Our culture is so upset, our nation is so divided now that we can just anticipate there's going to be mean things said, but not by the disciples, because we have made up our minds ahead of time how we're going to be. You know, I <laughs> I don't even know how you begin to put a, a value on the fact that uh, a couple of days before Election Day, if the Lord will, several days after Election Day, disciples of Jesus all over the world will gather under all different kinds of governments, and they will sing about the kingdoms of earth pass away one by one, but the kingdom of heaven remains. We we will pray in the name of the risen King Jesus. We will preach and share and remind each other that our citizenship is in heaven. And I know of no better way to prepare yourself and anchor yourself in divisive times, in uncertain times, than to worship and, and to worship with people who love God. And, and that needs, of course, to happen on the Lord's day, but I don't know of anything more uh, central to the life of the disciple than spending time just in prayer. And Roger, I know over the course of the next couple of Fridays, we'll talk about the role of prayer in all of this as as disciples. But what an unshakable hope we have. What, what a thankful people we ought to be on this Friday before Election Day. And, and it takes me to Revelation 7, verse 9 where John writes, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation, all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. I I don't think that they're going to be, okay, Republicans on this side, Democrats over here, independents in the middle. Now, you European folks are over here, and this <laughs> folks over here. Now, who, who voted for this guy? You're over here. No, 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 no. We all are gathered together. What a mixture from everywhere. And the one common thread that runs through all of us is Jesus Christ. Our robes have been washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb, verse 14 says. And that... That is that perspective we have to realize. Long, long, long before I'm an American, I am first a follower of Jesus. And that comes before all things. And so when somebody asks, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you independent? Are you American? I am a disciple of Jesus. And that makes all the difference right there. Challenging times, but we hope that this little conversation, one of three, Lord willing, over the course of the next couple of Fridays, has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel and perspective for the journey. Roger, I appreciate you wading into these waters with me. We both love this format because it gives us the opportunity to think through things that are valuable where we are right here and right now. And if you've been helped by this 
discussion. We would love it if you would share with those that you know and love as well. Thank you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best is yet to come.